Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 378, covering CV's Pacem Parabellum with Terry Drozdak. Hi, friends. It's uh, it's it's me and Matt in a hotel room together. Yeah, and um, for like what? Only the eighth time. We've done so many, uh-huh. so many. Uh, Amanda and I are actually near the end of a vacation, and we decided we're near Matt. Why don't we do the show where Matt Let's is? Go see what that guy's doing. Yeah, and also Tedro is here. Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. So how is how is it with you? It is good with me. Why, Excellent. Why did you choose this episode of Disco? Is it because the mud episode was taken? It is because the mud episode was taken because that was my is first because- choice. But this was definitely this was my second choice. Uh, no question. Because you have a big old crush on Doug Jones, is that correct? Doug- and because you like titles that are uh, unpronounceable. Yes, also that. It's not unpronounceable. I put a pronunciation guide up there for you, even. I, I see that, and that is not the same pronunciation that uh, we found when Amanda cut the bumper, so you're basically telling Amanda that she's wrong. Seaweed, pacum, paraballoon. Seaweed, pacum, paraballoon. So you're doing that thing where V's sound like W's. You're doing that checkoff thing. Mm-hmm. That's how you Weak pronounce the... it. Uh-huh. Lousy Latin. I'm glad it's uh, dead. The, yeah, the thing is, it's a dead language. You don't know that. They think that. But nobody knows that. I researched it carefully. Did you go back in time? Because that's No, that's really I went on way. YouTube. Mm. Right. Well, the uh, the Romans were big YouTubers. <laughs> <laughs> what's up what's up us guys don't forget to like us subscribe us and commentium <laughs> we're watching a live gladiatorial battle today <laughs> now pe- some people think that thumbs down means that they're going to be killed but actually that's wrong <laughs> well actually well actually <laughs> but yeah you chose this one because uh because you have a big crush on on doug jones is that correct um this was his best episode he did a really excellent job and also it was a very mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. episode no also <laughs> there, it I, was. I have no you, you're team shallow we yeah. know this yes but no i have a whole own it. a whole theory about this episode and a, uh, interesting you do there's some deep shit you have to say mm. about this that is beyond look at the pretty blue flowers yes it is but th- th- i mean mostly because of dougie and the pretty blue flowers and sparkles of course well well, why don't you, so so we can get our discussion underway, why don't you tell us what happens in uh, this one? Okay. Captain Who Cares is being attacked by Klingons, and Discovery saves the day. Oh, wait. No, they don't. The Klingons blow up the Gagarin right in front of Lorca. They black alert the fuck out of there. Turns out the Klingons are almost all now have stealth tech. To combat this, Saru, Michael, and Lieutenant Ash Tyler go to a pretty blue planet for, okay, some gobbledygook about the sound of the planet and naturally occurring sonar and turning the tide of the war or whatever. What's important is that the planet, Pavo, is absolutely gorgeous and has a big blue crystal sound-producing formation that can help them see cloaked Klingon ships. Saru makes first contact with some blue sparkles. The communicator doesn't work on blue sparkles. So Michael is all worried, but Saru is like, I would know if they were dangerous, okay? And tries to mind meld with them. 
Michael points out that they can't just steal the Pavin stuff now. If the sparkles are sentient, they have to get permission. Saru goes to ask Michael and Lieutenant Ash... Saru goes to ask, and Michael and Lieutenant Ash Tyler smooch. Uh, during the night, Saru goes bonkers from the constant sounds of the planet. The blue sparkles take away the noise. The next morning, he's acting super weird. Did he get possessed by the sparkles? He destroys all the communicators and decides that the three humanoids should live on Pavo in peace and harmony forever. Saru makes, uh, Saru makes Lieutenant Ash Tyler touch a glowy green rock. His ganglia go boing, and he figures out that Lieutenant Ash Tyler is a distraction so that Michael could sneak off and talk to this ship using the big crystal foundation. He chases after her. There is an epic fight. The blue sparkles are like, Mommy and Daddy, please don't fight, and poof, Lieutenant Ash Tyler over there. Michael pleads with the blue sparkles to help her, specifically her, win the war, while Saru begs them not to interfere as they have no defense against the Klingons. Apparently, they side with Burnham. Back on the ship, Saru apologizes for behavior and explains that for the first time ever on Pavo, he was not afraid. Michael feels like a real jerk now. Meanwhile, in boring Klingon land, some boring Klingon stuff happens. Then some more Klingon stuff happens, but it's interesting because it involves Lorel and Admiral Cornwell. Lorel tells the captured Admiral Cornwell that she wants to defect. Lorel and the Admiral get caught trying to escape, and Lorel beats the crap out of Cornwell and drags her lifeless body away. Oh, and it turns out that Pavo didn't sing out, send out a Klingon ship detecting beam. It created a Klingon attracting beam, so they could um, come over and everyone could have a nice chat and work things out. Uh, nice going, Michael. <laughs> now, this is normally where we do our second thoughts, but this week, Matt, yours depend on spoilers, yes. right? So we'll do so this we'll get to that. in the spoiler yeah. section, of course. You, you definitely have some good stuff to bring up, but uh, that will have to wait. <laughs> Um, I love the idea of the Klingon attracting Ray. Like it's it's like someone put out a big Klingon pie and just wafted <laughs> it into the mm-hmm. into the beta quadrant. Well, if we're meant to believe that this these vibrations can carry sound through space, mm. which no, then why can't we believe that a magic pie could carry wafting scents into Klingon space? Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yep, makes perfect sense. I think, and I've said this before. This is the most Star Trek-ass Star Trek episode that they have done mm-hmm. this season, this show so far. And it made me very happy that these guys know what Star Trek is and did some strange new world shit, yep. which even toward the end of Next Gen, we were like, guys, where are the new planets? You're just being a fire truck. No time for that now. <laughs> I have to rush this guy to a diplomatic meeting on some garbage planet or something. I'm a fireman. Ding, ding, ding. I'm Captain Picard. <laughs> yes. And I'll be back in the new Captain Picard show starring Captain Picard. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to see a Captain Picard trick? I'm... <laughs> That's no thank you. Worth it for the reaction. God damn it. Yeah. No, when we're in person, he loves beating me over the head with terrible puns. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it really did feel like like they're on a strange new world Mm -hmm. meeting a thing. And it wasn't. I mean, this is really my good thing. I, I was trying to just sort of give a general impression. But really, like first contact with a truly alien species. They're not humanoids. They're not even physically no, they're there? like a, they're like a poof. They're like a floating series of lights. Mm-hmm. They're blue I love sparkles. That. Blue sparkles. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're, we're not on that fucking planet hell plotted planet. You know what oh, we the call the dead. Be gorgeous. Yeah, as as Tidro pointed out, mm-hmm. it is. And they shot on location, and then they did some CG stuff to make mm-hmm. it look 
you know, weird, which is what they did in uh, Star Trek Beyond yep. as well, which is all you need to do. I'm not saying reinvent the wheel and create a brand new environment. Start with something real and just tweak it a little. Yeah. And that's what they did. And it looks great. It does. And we we had some sweeping vista shots. So you feel like they're not just cramped into one part of a soundstage. Mm-hmm. They're like those canyons looked it, it might have been fake but i bet yep. they were out near some canyons no they're and, really out there in the really scary blue woods <laughs> yeah and it's so much of what modern star trek should be in my mind visually and conceptually mm-hmm. it moves forward it takes the basic idea of star trek and it moves it forward so that it looks good and modern yeah like i got a lot of problems with this season but this one not only gets it right but pushes it forward in a way that 2018 star trek should be mm-hmm. like I was very pleased with this. The the Klingon shit was boring, and there were some other issues, but yeah. like I, Mud was probably a better episode. But this one was the most Star Trek. This one we were talking in the car right over here about this is this proves that they know how to do Star Trek stuff. Yeah, and it's very important to us as fans that they understand what what show they have. <laughs> you know, like it's good. But just like last week with the Mud stuff. They moved the plot forward. They moved the characters mm-hmm. forward. Like, it wasn't just a one-off. It really pissed me off. I thought I was seeing a fucking Possession episode. <laughs> yeah. It really felt like a Brandon Braga bullshit of the week thing. And instead, it was this fantastic thing, which is really your good thing, right, Tidro? Oh, my good thing is... I'm just about Saru in general. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Doug Jones finally gets a chance to act, and he acts his ass off. He broke mm-hmm. my heart twice this episode. I mean, I cried. Twice. Uh-huh. Just did a really well. excellent job while standing on his tippy toes. <laughs> I, I have loved watching the, the evolution of this character and will continue to love watching the evolution of this character. And this episode is a big one for him. And, now, and really, let's think about this. We're on episode eight. Mm-hmm. Eight episodes. Mm-hmm. And already one of the characters that we thought we had a pretty good handle on has completely changed. Yeah, you guys That's did not impressive. like him at all at first. I didn't. I think Matt was okay with him. I did not care for him. No, I, I, I didn't get into liking him until, like... This episode? Yeah, later, <laughs> definitely later in the series. I, early on, this is my first time through. Like, my mm-hmm. second time through, I'm just like, oh, no, I love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, actually, going back through, there were a lot... I, it's because I made a lot of assumptions. Mm-hmm. It's because I thought, oh, you're going to be the scared guy. Yeah. I, if this is your only thing, ugh. But, I mean, like, he really comes off initially as, the, like, the stick in the mud who's trying to keep us all from having any fun. And yeah. That's not the character at all. No. no. And specifically keeping Michael from yeah. having any fun. And it's like, she's having a hard enough time dealing with her own shit. Mm-hmm. But if and you, you're just saying, I don't think we should do this. Oh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. If you think about it, th- like... People say the definition of courage is being scared and doing it anyway. So he's the most brave guy yes. on the ship, literally. Absolutely. Because he's yeah, terrified he all it. the time. And he's Lorca's first officer. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Like, I can't imagine Spock doing that. Like, the most fearless, like, person who is the most emotionally mm-hmm. together doing that. Yeah. Much less fucking Saru. Like, he's, you're right, he's very brave already. Just like, you know, getting up in the morning, getting out of bed. Okay, Saru. One more day, eight-hour shift, you can do this. There's that, and, and this is actually your bad thing, Matt. There's that moment, mm-hmm. like, Lorca's still full-on Lorca. Oh, he goes, where am I? Your bad thing right there. I he The, the episode opens with them in the middle of a battle trying to save uh, the, how do you pronounce it? Ger- the Gagarin. G- the Gagarin. It's, it's, it's cool to see a Star Trek ship named after an astronaut that is an American, mm-hmm. like Yuri Gagarin, the first man in space yeah. from Russia. Very cool. But you get to see... Uh, uh, Lorca lay the fuck in on poor Mr. Reese, the weapons guy. 
Yeah, we just learned his name, and we learned that name because Lorca Mr. Was... Reese, could you maybe try and hit something today? Yeah. You know, no big deal or anything, but there's 400 people over there who will get murdered by Klingons if you don't push a button correctly. Yeah. Yeah, his yelling just was almost like... my. This was his yelling was almost my quote. Yeah, it is so. The thing is, you put it as your bad thing because probably because it makes you uncomfortable, but it's very good writing. Oh, it's great for Lorca, but I just felt terrible for this poor guy. <laughs> Plus, you know, tonight Lorca's gonna fucking be beaming the fu- the screams of the dying crew into his quarters. Oh, of course. That's a yeah. Lorca he's, he just put a uh huh. He just put a little multicolored uh, data tape up that's labeled Gagarin Death. Yeah. That goes in his giant library of all the starships that have died, and he's recorded. Well, maybe if you don't want to hear the screams of the damned anymore, you could do your job a little better. <laughs> you know why they're damned, right? Because mm-hmm. of you. You know, I don't ask for perfection. Mm. I just ask that the people here do a job that they can actually that they're actually competent at. Yeah. Now, Mister Reese, would you say that you were competent today? <laughs> <laughs> this is. I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with bow. There's only two letters in this answer. Mm-hmm. Starts with an N. Yeah. No. Are you crying, Mister Reese? <laughs> <laughs> but to bring it back to the point, I, like my original point, this is who Saru works for. Yeah. And he does it. So that's impressive. Mm-hmm. But also, like like Tidro says, he's got he goes through some shit in this one. Yeah. And you have a bigger point for this, right? Uh, me. Yes. Parents, yes. Okay. Uh, this is a whole thing. So I gotta. Yes, I, I know. This is a good time my, to talk about this. Let's talk here. about sort of Saru's like like arc here. Okay, so I want to talk this a little a major bit turning point for him about Saru's biologically built-in fear as a metaphor for anxiety. Do you mm-hmm. do you guys have any experience with anxiety? Hmm. Um, Can't say as I do. What is it? Hmm. That's mm. a weird. It's got an X in the middle yeah. of it. I don't know that I've yeah. seen that word. Yeah. Yes, of fucking yeah. of course mm. we do. <laughs> <laughs> so, but fear and anxiety are not the same thing they're related but they're not the same thing fear means there's a bear and anxiety means Mm -hmm. there might be a bear and don't quote me on that because i stole it from another podcast but anyway wait there are other podcasts what do you think i do with my time when i'm not recording or listening to this show oh right okay sorry stop couple anyway so anxiety is sort of like a leftover instinct from our ancestors who had to be on the lookout for bears there's not like a whole lot of bears wandering around my office or the mall or whatever so not since the bear patrol took over yeah so instead of worrying about the bears pay the bear tax (laughs) why is bear driving anyway (laughs) uh so instead of worrying about bears we're worrying that if we take a sick day or a vacation day we're gonna get fired or that our friends suddenly hate us for no reason or if the cashier's judging us because we're buying diet coke and a candy bar so what's the point of all this leftover anxiety? So the point is, if we didn't have the anxiety, just think about it. Like, yes. no anxiety at all. None. Not just, like, when we take medication and we get our anxiety down to a manageable level so we can go to work and mm. stuff. If it's just gone. And I know that sounds nice, but if that happened to you, like, Matt, you'd be dead in a week from one of those Darwin Award type accidents. And I would want to ride around on a wood chipper. See? <laughs> you know those aren't mobile, right? You just jump in and die. There's I mean, not a, no riding to do. I mean, with a little work, you know. Okay. And by a little work, I mean putting a saddle on it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, so anxiety is probably what keeps me from getting fired from my job, because if I wasn't afraid of what I would, what I would say to my boss if I wanted to, I, I, I might get in trouble. 
no. I it definitely has kept me from uh, taking as many sick days as I would like to. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you need a sick day because of your anxiety, mm-hmm. also. So oh, factor that in. For me, I don't have I don't experience anxiety to the level that you either of you do. I mm-hmm. know you both fairly well on this on this front, and I, my stuff is a little different. But I have a little bit of it, and honestly, I've learned to sort of use it. My anxiety is basically if this show doesn't get out, then I will feel bad. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of use that momentum to push me for if I had no anxiety you'd be like well who fucking cares if the show comes mm-hmm. out yeah but the pressure we had to go out and get a cable to do the show and I was like <laughs> if we're back in 16 minutes instead of 15 Tidro's gonna hang up we're not gonna have a show because mm-hmm. it was her summary to do and then the show's not gonna come out everyone's gonna stop <laughs> listening like that's, that's yep. I need that to get the show out mm-hmm. that's how it works yeah, for so, me and go ahead. none of those things are gonna happen oh, of course not oh, just no, like I was, none I of the things like one foot out the door your friends aren't going to stop hating you, anyone who thinks that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That's just a weird thing to even come up with. I don't know why it's, you'd invent it. It's that. a thing I have thought about I know, I'm, a lot. I'm, I, most people yeah. honestly do. And, and it's it's definitely a thing Tidros mentioned once oh, or yeah. twice. And it's, it, but realistically, logically, particularly in our group of friends, we're mm-hmm. all pretty direct people. Mm-hmm. If I stopped liking you, I'd probably say, I'm just not going to hang out with you anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to quietly <laughs> act like that. I'm not going to act like your friend and not be like, that's not how I roll. And that's not how most it people like a lot roll. more work than just not being your friend anymore. I just stopped talking to you. Mm-hmm. It's easy. It's, it's so much possible easier that one person would stop liking you, though. But if you if you if you when you think that all your friends suddenly stop liking you, that's mm-hmm. probably not yeah. what's happening. It's probably just your brain probably being not. a dick. Well, what yeah. they did was they got a big party together, which I noticed they did not invite me to. <laughs> well, no, it's a party to talk about you. And all decided to stand around talking about, God, ain't Matt the worst? Uh-huh. Does, don't you hate the way he uses the word ain't? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but... <laughs> anyway, please continue, Deidre. So, okay. So, Saru has all his fear taken away, and at first, there's not a whole lot left. Like, he's just mm-hmm. sort of looking around wonderingly at everything, and what he fills that space up with is like this fanatical need to keep the planet safe. And that causes Mm -hmm. him to abandon his Starfleet principles and beat up his buddies because he doesn't have any fear of any consequences for what he's doing, but it's still Saru. It's still Saru doing these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go ahead. The thing, the, the thing about that, like, like, can you imagine feeling one way for your entire life? And then suddenly it's just like, Oh, I'm free. Well, it's like, like you, I, you don't you, you don't expect the consequences right away. No, it's like this is this is like a dumb example, but it's something I can relate to. I have had trouble sleeping for years and years and years, <laughs> and I finally got a little bit of medication that helps me sleep. And the first couple of nights, it was like this is how people live most of the time. Oh my god, this is amazing! It is fucking life changing. Mm-hmm. Just that little nudge of brain chemistry is like. Wow. You were and, super and, productive after you, that, like those first couple weeks. Yeah. Like, yes. You were actually sleeping. It was amazing. Yes. And to suddenly feel that way, you will do anything, any stupid thing in the world to keep it. To keep it. Yes. No, it's like if, if you found medication that actually made your anxiety go away, mm-hmm. which doesn't exist, it'll help you manage it, yep. but it's not just going to go away. No. But, you know, you would, you would fucking like break into the damn pharmacy and just like. <laughs> steal it you know break into the dam yeah yeah but mm-hmm. you know you would have to adjust to that 
You would have yeah. to adjust it. But again, there's no, no and- I don't think they will ever come up with a, a medication that takes all your anxiety away because a little anxiety is uh, very good for society because it keeps people mm-hmm. from, um, you know, doing things with strangers immediately acting every day. on their impulses. Doing things that they should be a little scared of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Also, also, as Star Trek has pointed out a million billion times, there it is very human to challenge yourself and do something that's scary. It's mm-hmm. like when Kirk was in the Nexus and his horse, there was no danger of it falling because it was always going to be fine. Yep. Like that, that, that whole thing was kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. But the point they were making, the point they made in the cage and a few other episodes I can't remember offhand, is that people need to con- constantly push themselves forward and there needs to be a little danger there. Otherwise, who fucking cares? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the entire philosophy of Star Trek is get right. out yes. there and see what weird thing you can look and at. And sometimes it's a little scary mm-hmm. yes. but what i liked was all of this manifested narratively as another boring possession episode at first and i rolled my eyes hard <laughs> like i thought we were free of goddamn brandon braga and all his tropes mm-hmm. i thought we were gonna get some new tropes if nothing else and it's just another pro- and then near the end he's like no i was always me i was no because i thought okay what i hate about those episodes is well a bunch of stuff but mostly it's an excuse for a character to act completely out of character. It's effectively an excuse for the actor to play a different character and then say, that wasn't me, yeah. so everything I did didn't matter. It, once again, it's like the time loop thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever happened. Nothing matters. Instead, Saru was like, no, even at my worst, I was fully aware. That was still me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what the fuck I was doing because I was still dealing with this new situation. And now it has changed me. And going forward in new episodes, I'll be a different guy. Like, it's so different than all the other Star Trek where it's like this week O'Brien is evil and mm-hmm. the next week he's fine again. Nobody gives a shit. Like Ugh. some he, people like those kind of episodes. I do not. I just like No, I d- don't d- like the total reset. Nobody wants a total reset. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah, like j- that episode you're talking about like o- O'Brien is actively cruel to his to Keiko. Yeah. Like and his child, I think. Possibly. That might also be the Keiko possessed. They both got possessed. Yeah, they did. I'm thinking of the next gen one where it was O'Brien and Troy Troy and and, uh, someone else. Data? It might have been Data. But, um, like, that's the kind of, like, possessed or not, that's the kind of thing that should leave an effect on someone, you know? Well, we said that a lot, especially in next gen. mm -hmm. Like, when Jordy got tortured. Yeah. And that's one thing Discovery is fine. Like, even when they're not doing straight up, like, super serialized, every plot point moves forward, it's still. The, the the monster of the week had a lasting impact on mm-hmm. Saru and he's going to be different forever. Yeah. One That's of the important. things that he did that, that this this lack of fear enabled him to do, which he never would have done otherwise, is mm-hmm. tell Michael exactly how he felt about her. Yep. Yeah. And this is my quote. So if you want to play that. Um, Absolutely. I let's lo- do that. I love this line. Is this what harmony and balance look like? Where is the peace? You say you found here. You have taken it from me. You won't stop taking. Yeah. Jesus this Christ. This is so good. It this is such hurts. a great. Is that is that one of the times that it got to you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can That's see fair. his pain, and he has his, mm-hmm. he has this friend, and he likes he cares about his friend, but he she is messed his life up so bad i don't know you keep calling her his friend yeah i i don't know i don't know if that word means what you think that <laughs> i think that happens by the end of the season but 
and I don't I th- think they've earned their friendship back yet. I, I and but he we don't really have friends any f- at one point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they were at least like siblings. Like they were very obviously squabbling siblings under under uh, mom Georgia. Yeah. I would say, but close coworkers probably. Yeah. But like <laughs> workplace proximity associates. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> like, like their Saru's anger at Michael has been building and building and building. Yeah. Since uh, she came back, since she came back to Discovery, yeah, and everything that pisses him off about her is completely at, like he's not wrong. Yeah, no, he's not being unfair. Like, he was being a little unfair in the pilot at the beginning, where he's like, "Don't let her look at the array or whatever." But yeah. from once she neck pinched Joe on, mm-hmm. he's pretty much been in the right. Yeah, but like, like. She has been taking and taking from yeah. him and using him as an experiment and like. Yeah. No, and you actually see a bit of that in her in this one mm-hmm. where she because she does that thing. She's been doing that thing every episode where she says exactly the right thing that the person wants to hear to get what she wants. Yep. And when she's trying to reason with Saru after he crushes their communicators, but before he comes around to reason again, she's. Like, this isn't you and all that. And that was legit. But mm. there's definitely some of that buttering him up like she's done before. Oh, yeah. She's so good at that. And she does it to the aliens, too. Mm-hmm. She's I manipulative. Just, I, I, oh, I she love really it. She really is. It's a great character. And it's not It's not a character trait that they ever really call attention to. No, but no I notice ever it like, every week. No one's ever like, Michael's, Michael manipulates people. But no, Michael no. absolutely manipulates people. Because she thinks like a Vulcan. Mm-hmm but she understands the emotions behind it. That gives her the deadly combination of being able to exploit other people's emotions, yeah. which is fucked up. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. What a great she, character. She's such a goddamn mess. <laughs> and again, it's that nice. I'd love seeing her in her element mm-hmm. because they, they've said she's a xenoanthropologist, which means studying alien civilizations. And she hasn't had an opportunity to do that yet. Like, yeah. a little bit with the space whale, I guess. But that wasn't a civilization. That was just a monster no, out there, there are there, there are some key differences between a civilization and a whale. Name three. <laughs> One is not water-going. Uh-huh. Well, civilizations can be water-going. What about Atlantis? Mm, we don't know if Atlantis is real or not. So what about put... Gilligan's Island? That was a civilization. That was a collective. Okay, that's fair. Uh, two, uh, civilizations rarely breathe air. Okay, yeah, that tracks. And oh, three very few stone structures, unless we're counting barnacles on the whale. All right, yeah, well, that that, that passes muster. It doesn't pass muster. Delicious mustard. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's nice seeing Michael, like, she gets so excited, because, you know, the only reason she got a reprieve is to do war crap, and mm-hmm. that's all she's going to do, but yeah. suddenly... It's like the 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 stuff she's actually interested in. Strange new worlds, new life, and new civilizations. This is what we're here for, That's man. That's what I signed up for. Not this war crap. I don't like this war crap. And honestly, what we've seen in the trailer for season two shows. I think we're doing more of that. I which hope is so. Great. That's what I'm hoping for. Like. That's that's not the only kind of story Star Trek can tell. That's not all I want. No, but, but I want an, some of it. It's an important part of Star Trek, and it shouldn't be neglected. I mean, none of the previous series did very much of that. No, and I would love to get back to some of that. You mm. know, fire truck. <laughs> I mean, mall. Like seriously, Enterprise didn't do like we hated it for a lot of reasons, but they also didn't do much exploring after season one yeah. because it was all about an arc. It's all about other stuff. stuff. Yeah, it was all war stuff. Yeah, and then uh, Voyager was stopping to pick flowers from time to time, but mostly. It was meeting bumpy-headed 
humans. Mm. They hardly ever ran into truly alien aliens. Yeah. Occasionally they did. And DS9 was in the Gamma Quadrant occasionally. Mm. But, like, you know, it didn't happen enough yeah. for me. It's supposed to be a show by exploration, and I'm glad they they get back to that mm. in this. Yeah. Very good. Especially if you're calling the ship Discovery. Yeah. Like... <laughs> But that's a more yeah, well, that's all a we discovered meaning. was a better way to kill someone. Yep. Sorry, Tidra. That's okay. What were you gonna say? That's a different meaning. They're, they're, this is a ship to do science on, which I mm-hmm. think yeah. is the coolest thing. Yeah, and I'm glad it looks like we're getting back on mission in the next season, which yeah. is good. Um, what was your bad thing, Tidra? I had a I had a lot of trouble finding a bad thing about this episode, except for mm-hmm. I mean I could have just said Klingons, but you know <laughs> that would be everybody's. Every. Also, that's going to be mine, so we'll get there. Okay. Um, I found a specific thing. I didn't just say Klingons, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, there's some very clunky exposition dialogue in, at the beginning. The mm-hmm. techno babble and about how the Kelpians run really fast. And I do actually do not agree with you on the techno babble part. I just didn't like care for because, it. Because the way it worked in the Rick Berman shows... They would talk about tachyons and blah, blah, blah. And I wouldn't understand. Every line they said made sense to me. Mm -hmm. What they said was, these guys vibrate at a certain frequency. We think we can use that frequency to find cloaked ships. I understood what it meant for the dramatic stakes. Rather than it being a bunch of scientific nonsense, it was something that made sense to me in story terms. I understand that. that. It was was more the way it was presented than the actual content of it. Okay. Was this the the stuff Michael was doing at the beginning where she was... They were just wandering around... Expositioning all over the place. Well, they basic they basically did another previously on while they're walking. As you know, we're at war <laughs> yes. with the Klingons. There, this show has we pointed this out a couple. I think it was Amanda's bad last thing week, last yeah. week. But uh, this show has a real problem with just having Michael tell the audience what's going on instead of having us see it in the actual. Wait, show. Amanda, Amanda was calling it out in terms of voiceovers. In this case, it was in dialogue, but it's the same problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, like. You are on exclusively on a streaming service. Who streams an episode starting with episode eight? Mm-hmm. We we know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so there is that. Um, Matt, you did your bad thing. Mine. Okay. Uh, it is Klingon related. Yes. This is the least. I'll say a good thing about them first. This is the least boring the Klingons have ever been. And spoilers, I guess, the least boring they'll ever be. <laughs> Uh, Laurel and Cornwell uh, shared, uh, showed some real potential here, and they completely squandered it with more infighting between the Klingon houses, boring fights, and immediately ending what would look like an interesting partnership by the end of this episode. Like, this could have been the thing to turn the Klingon thing into something I wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. These, this one who wanted to defect and the admiral who got caught up in all this bullshit but finds a sympathetic Klingon mm-hmm. and she's like, you know what? I came here to make peace. Maybe that mission's not blown because here's a Klingon that might want to help us. Maybe I can salvage this after all. And that was all interesting. And then she just had to beat her up and then go get tortured. And yep. it was boring again. It's just, it's the same stuff. It's such wheel spinning and I'm so tired of it. Yeah. But for a minute there, the potential mm-hmm. of those two. And plus, two more women who are friends and it's about them yep. would be interesting. This show's been good at that, but Star Trek needs it as much always, as it can get yeah, right now. It can always use more. Those two like, have some interesting chemistry and obviously like a lot of respect for each other. Yeah. They yeah. Should, and they should have is, played that out more. Laurel is definitely the most interesting Klingon to watch and listen to of all the other boring ones. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they didn't do anything with it. It was interesting for five minutes and then they pissed it down their leg and that bugs me. Yeah. Like the fact that it couldn't even make it to the next episode. Like yeah. we can't end on the cliffhanger of them getting together or like doing something. And like- I get that they wanted to do some 
bobbing and weaving. Mm. You think it's going to go this way, but then it doesn't. That's no. fine. But I don't know. The Klingons are so boring. Yeah, I don't. And again, anytime they cut away from the planet stuff or something we haven't talked about yet, which is the uh, Tilly and um, Stamets stuff, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. like both of those situations were interesting to me. And then they cut back to the Klingons. I was like, go back to the other yeah. stuff. Well, I mean, that's been a problem with almost the entire series. It's yeah. just every I'm time in- I'm getting real interested in something, yeah. it's time for more Klingon crap. I'm interested in all of those characters. Yeah. Like all of them, everyone on Discovery or from Discovery on a planet, I'm into. And I don't give a fuck about the Klingons. Yeah. <laughs> just don't. I've yet to find anyone who does. There must be someone, but... I mean, someone on the writing staff of this show must have been super interested in these guys. I'm pretty sure it was Brian Fuller, Mm. but who knows? Um, Anyway, uh, we should probably talk about the Tilly and Stamets stuff. There's not much to it, and Tidro covered in her summary, but uh, it was interesting, Mm -hmm. because... I don't know if I did cover it in my summary. Oh, well, okay, let's talk about it now, then. Yeah. Uh, Why don't you summarize it, since you seem to have left that out? It was... uh, Um... Tilly confronted Stamets because he was being grumpy, and then mm-hmm. he told her that he can't tell his uh, boyfriend that the um, flipping them throughout the galaxy is bad for his body. Mm-hmm. His his boyfriend, or possibly husband, we don't yeah. know, partner. Yes. Uh, I, you're not wrong to call him boyfriend. I'm not correcting you there. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying his boyfriend, the doctor. Yes. Culper. Yeah, he's not telling, but I'm saying the doctor, he's not telling him Mm. that his body is dying. Like, he could help him because he's a doctor. Yeah, Yeah, but then he's going to get in trouble. Yeah, I know. He's going to get in trouble. He's going to get in trouble. Is he dating his dad? (laughs) No, no, no. The doctor will get in trouble. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. But (laughs) no, and and Tidro, you pointed out that Tilly is the type of friend who will not just go away no which he, I think is, he first was know. like putting her off and putting her off and then she's like sat down with him at the lunch yeah. table and was like what the hell is going on yeah dismissed cadet no no that not this time i and don't think the thing is he can use his rank mm-hmm. to say fuck off i don't want to talk to you and he but has when they're fast <laughs> yeah but when they're off duty it's a different story yeah now we're eating lunch together as friends we're not on duty so like now i'm not saying sir lieutenant i'm saying hey paul what's up yeah it's a whole different thing. Well, and also, I think he re- like secretly he really just wants to talk about this. Like, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot going on right now, and I have nobody to talk to about it. And I'm constantly trying to cover for like when I'm at home, I'm constantly trying to cover up the fact that I am bouncing back and forth between regular Stamets and uh, hippie Stamets. Well, yeah, and we have without spoiling anything really specific, we have uh, sort of evidence that he can see things that are going to happen later. Mm-hmm. Or possibly things uh, like in other timelines or other dimensions, yeah. or like it's well, we'll keep it broad enough now that we don't have to get too specific yeah. about it. But mm-hmm. there's there's definitely some enhanced perception on his part, which also leads to him being very confused mm-hmm. when he emerges from the thing he calls Tilly Captain. Mm-hmm. Like, and and she said earlier, one day I want to be a captain. Yeah, maybe like so that might hurt her a little more because someone called her Captain and like is just kidding or whatever. Captain? Yelled at her about me. It. Are you mocking my my ambition? That's a shitty thing to do. Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe he's seeing the future. Or maybe he's seeing an alternate reality. Yeah. Like who knows what's going on? But it's definitely something. Mm-hmm. And it's it, you know she's like, look, dude, this is like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I we dig can't it. keep doing this, especially if you're the engine. Yeah. <laughs> you would think they maybe. would try and find a backup engine at some point. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there's a war. We don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. He is the backup engine, actually. Yeah, well, he is. I think we about it. We need a backup for the backup. Yeah. 
I mean, that's how I work because yeah. anxiety. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> to bring it all together. Uh, anything else? This is um, Hunter. I still Hearst got a bad Hel- thing. I think. Is, uh, no, you don't. Um, Hunter good Hearst Helmsley's favorite episode. It's who? Hunter Hearst Triple H. This is Triple H's favorite episode. It's uh, a wrestling reference. I'm not going to explain it. Uh, oh, the bad not. guy from uh, Blade Trinity. <laughs> wow. Why are we talking about wrestling again? <laughs> Why does the show always about wrestling? It's I thought we were the only podcast that wasn't about wrestling. Well, but... no, we're not. We're the only podcast not about D and D. Yeah, that's we're what the I only think. podcast. Yeah, as far as I know, we are. <laughs> anyway, yes, you did have a good thing. What okay, is it? Um, I love the big weird diamond pyramid that's just sticking into space. Oh um, yeah, great. I'm just it's yeah, the just... MacGuffin of the episode is like this big crystal antenna thing. It's just it's a weird thing to have that just seem to form out of nowhere until mm-hmm. you find out that the aliens on the planet have been actually trying to contact other civilizations for years. Yeah. And then of course like of course they have a giant antenna to do that. But yeah, they're not just gonna whisper into the wind of their forest. Like they need a way to call, you know? <laughs> they're just I don't, that's I, their mouth for screaming into the ether. That's their Twitter yeah, exactly. account. <laughs> <laughs> also I love it. I kinda wanna drop Hans Gruber on it. <laughs> It's just like, that's awesome. So when you did that, would you say, welcome to the Pavo, pal? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> no, I, I I do legit love the end twist mm-hmm. where it's like, uh, oh, no, they, they didn't give us special technology to fight. What they did was the thing that they're built to do, which is talk to people. Yep. They just called the other guys here. Yeah, they, they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to make us compromise, and we don't want to. But that feels so, first of all, it feels so Star Trek. I mean, this ha- like this, this happened. Is a great callback to what was it? Day of the, the Organians. The yeah. Organians, yeah, yeah. But also, it feels like not one of those twists that comes out of fucking nowhere. Where mm-hmm. it's like we didn't have that information. No, they told us as soon as they made contact. These guys want to communicate. Yeah, you just told us about the existence of two giant spacefaring civilizations. We don't just want to talk to one of you. We want to talk to both of you. Get over here, Klingons! You look super interesting. There's more guys. Don't be fooled, aliens. They're not. What well, they just now, did was like they just um they just brought the bully home to uh yeah. to conf- to to apologize. <laughs> yeah, mom, that never works. As soon as you turn around, he's gonna mm. hit me again. Exactly. I think you two are gonna find that if once you put your differences aside, you'll be great friends. Bam. Well, what's really weird, Tidro, is that your metaphor of this being Twitter completely breaks down because a bunch of militant assholes are about to show up. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work at all. No, it just it completely <laughs> falls apart. That is that is a bad metaphor. Yep. Uh, anything else before we... Going to unfollow the Klingon Empire. <laughs> um, a couple of things. Saru yes. is so strong. Yeah. For I like that they, like, animal, I assumed he's really strong. Mm-hmm. I assumed that their whole fight or flight deal yeah. was flight only, but he's got some fight in him for sure. Yeah, no, we um we get to we get to see him and we actually get to see him as scary in this, which is something I really like. Like he puts all that uh the all of his like his gangle. Yeah, his gangle. He's he puts gangle all of that man. stuff to use. Like you get to watch him rocketing through the fucking woods looking for, for Michael. Yeah. And like, he runs like janky Mario. He's just like, <laughs> Whoa! like terrifying. I, 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 I love I love him and I love them making him th- threatening in his mm-hmm. own way. Yeah. And that so builds on like I really thought their whole point was running away and yeah. I rolled my eyes and like that's not an interesting N- character. Who cares? Turns no, out his, they're not. No, their whole thing is not dying, no matter what like That's why they're still alive. Like, that makes flight, sense. Yes. Yeah. But, but also some fight. fight. You yeah. get him into a corner and yeah. he'll fuck you up. Yeah. 
which starts to explain how he can work for terrifying Lorca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and another- I mean, we... We yep. will see him backed into a corner in the, as the series goes on. We absolutely do. And he fucking rises up. Yep. What do you got, Tidro? Um, another thing to point out, which was almost my bad thing, but yes. it seems so in character, I almost couldn't put it as a bad thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Lieutenant Ash Tyler was willing to let the mission fail just to save his girlfriend. We get we have seen so many Star Trek mm-hmm. people do that over time, exactly. and I hate it every time, but it's still very... Star Trek. It's also the Ash Tyler is not a very good Star Trek man. No, he's not. Uh, There will be more on that subject soon. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that. Um, There was a really gross scene because I was just wanted to point this out because Matt keeps forgetting that's this is a really gross show. Well, neither neither of us ever really noticed the gore, and yeah, I guess someone who does notice it probably should point that out. There's like intestines hanging out of dead Klingons. Yeah, on the Klingon ship, we see that, who is it, Cole? Cole? Yeah, he's the one Klingon that I don't completely hate who's mm-hmm. not, I, I like Lorel, okay, but he's the only other one that I don't completely hate who's, like, killing all his enemies, and there's some pretty gruesome bodies Yeah, like, there's up. a bunch, like, he kills all of Lorel's people, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and she's shocked by this for some reason. <laughs> yep, Just suddenly very, he does she is, hadn't seen them for a while, wondered where they uh-huh. were, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well. been a while since I've seen any of my dudes. Oh, yeah, I disemboweled all of them. Mm-hmm. Here uh, are their bells. Uh, fun. How mm-hmm. fun. All right. Anything else? Nope, that's it. I'm, I'm nudging us forward because there's a, there's quite a bit of spoiler to talk about. Yeah. But before we get to that, um, let us do In the Past of the Future. Uh, Tidro, what do you got? Um, around the time, or like right before. Oh, no, no. Yo, hang on. You have to say it so I can put the reverb on your voice. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I don't know how to... I'm, I'm very confused Just about this. Just say so. it. Say say In the past of the future. Just in say it like that. In the past of the future. Perfect. Start, there you go. Starship crews suddenly got super diverse and then suddenly less diverse. No, you nailed it. Because the whole point is pointing out all the dumb retcons that don't fit with original <laughs> series. And mm-hmm. that is it. Like the uh, 1701 will have, you know, uh, Sulu and Uhura. And that is it. Yep. Yep. The ship has almost no white people on it. So you nailed it. Matt, what do you got? Uh, in the past of the future, lying to your significant other is still just a thing we do on TV to stress me out, apparently. <laughs> That's never going to die. That is true in every timeline, in mm-hmm. every time period, in every universe. Yes. I, I, I was playing the, the Telltale Batman game, mm-hmm. and I was shocked by... By the end of that game, how many people knew I was Batman because I just refused to lie to people? <laughs> oh, Matt, because you're so I cute. Think it's wrong. You're so cute. But it's a video I love it. game. I know. But I, d- d- look, this is Matt and Batman. Mm-hmm. It's not just a video game. He gets to be Batman. Mm-hmm. It's a Batman simulator. <laughs> and he has to act the way he would act if he were Batman. Yeah, and how I would act is being Batman and having a bunch of friends who all know I'm Batman. What's about that sounds bad? That sounds great. Except for the part that it sounds nothing like Batman. He doesn't have any friends. <clears throat> He's got Alfred. Oh, poor Batman. No, he did it to himself and you know it. <clears throat> uh, and for me... Well, his parents are dead. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> for me, in the past of the future... Ships with the ability to cloak will already be old news, despite the fact that Captain Kirk will be completely thrown for a loop by this technology in about 10 years. Mm-hmm. This, this is a retcon that bugs me. Oh, yeah. 
that all the Klingon ships are gradually getting cloaks because Cole has the technology and he's sharing it with all those mm-hmm. other guys. And Starfleet knows all about it. And then in uh, Balance of Terror, Kirk is like, they have some kind of ship that can turn invisible. We've never seen such a thing before. Yeah. Like, well, which is it, man? Yeah, it's a weird choice because it's such a big part of Trek history. Yeah. And the 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 sort of unofficial, semi-official canon of this was the Romulans had this technology and then shared it with the Klingons or sold it to them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was later in in original series. Yeah. It shouldn't have happened yet. And that's a weird thing to have happened now. Plus, like, who cares? <laughs> where is, where did the cloaking device technology come from initially? Do we even remember anymore? I think they actually that was one of the dumb things that Enterprise invented for no reason. Yeah, I think they took it from an advanced civilization and been studying it or something like that. I don't know. Who cares? Boy, I don't like Enterprise very much. I don't I, either. I have almost completely purged it from my mind. So there's that. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, that that is all for that bit. Uh, here here is your requisite warning. Spoiler alert. Uh, okay, Matt, your second thoughts are spoiler related. Yes, yes they are. Okay. Um, okay, what exactly is Lorel's plan here? Mm-hmm. She starts by surgically altering Vok into Lieutenant Ash Tyler, the angriest, most Klingon hating person. Ever. Oh yeah, we get some we get some Ash, Lieutenant Ash Tyler speeches about how I'm going to kill those Klingon there bastards. Is, there is nothing in the world I hate more than Klingons. If I ever see a Klingon, I'm going to kill him. You yeah. know what would be terrible is if I looked in the mirror and saw a Klingon. I'd have to reach into that mirror and strangle the Klingon I saw. Reach Luckily, that, that will never happen. Mirror? Uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and then get him on board Discovery um, by by planting him in a cell with Lorca and hoping Lorca takes a shine to him. Uh-huh. And then once that happens, Lorel is supposed to defect from the Klingons to Admiral Cornwell. Like last I checked, these dudes were two super militant Takuvma enthusiasts. Yeah. Their whole deal is n- n- we will not lose our Klingonness to the Federation. What's the first fucking thing Lorel does? Turns him into a human. Makes, makes him a fucking human. How, I, there's, it's not possible to lose your Klingonness more than turning yourself into a different species. Yeah, and like completely brainwashes him to be like a rah rah go human human. Yeah, because it's a whole like sleeper agent thing. And then gets and then gets herself captured like, and then decides I let's just let, let me just leave and join you guys instead. Yeah, well, like I I, I do I do not understand what the, we went from a very clear pro Klingon. Anti, um, like anti federation uh, federation viewpoint to like I don't know what the fuck is happening. Maybe this is a guess. Uh-huh. Maybe she wanted to go to Discovery, like she thought Cornwell would bring her back to Discovery, mm. and she could activate sleeper agent Lieutenant Ash Tyler by being in direct contact with him. I don't know. That's a guess. Yeah, I suppose that makes more sense than anything that's happened so far. But like, man, yeah. like Tedro, you got any any I insight don't know. into I this? I think her plan actually like went off the rails at about step three and now Mm. she's on step 30 because she just doesn't know what to do. Well, I definitely get the impression that the Klingons are constantly undermining each other and any long-term plans would be useless because exactly for that reason, Mm -hmm. because every time you get a little far with a long-term plan, somebody stabs you in the back again and you got to start all over or recalculate or whatever. And that might've been what happened. You're right. I I think that's what happened. Otherwise it doesn't make sense. The, The plan, I, I still don't even see what what yeah. the original goal of the plan was because mm-hmm. if you yeah, put a guy have... if you put a sleeper agent in who doesn't ha- he, as far as I could tell he doesn't actually have a, a you know 
trigger word or whatever. No, as the, not that we we know. I of. don't remember yeah, because when it happens, I don't remember. It just but seems the point to of a sleep agent is to activate him at some yeah. point. Yeah, it just seems to kind of wear off. Mm-hmm. I think I don't. I seriously don't remember enough ahead to yeah. know Ooh, uh, to I speak know. to. Yes, I know. It was the glowy green rock from the Pretty Planet. Oh, really? What? Yes, that gave is him this from this episode. Yes, oh. gave him some weird memories. I do remember the scene where he says some stuff came back to me. Uh-huh. Yes. But he he talks about like his his, his lake house. Yeah. His yeah, lake but house you didn't, and stuff. There was no way that um Laurel knew that it, he was going to touch a glowy green rock. No, that's true. <laughs> no, and this this thing did obviously get in people's heads because it fucked up Saru. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's that's definitely possible. Yeah. And that's another good uh long-term effects of a throwaway episode mm-hmm. thing, which is good. Um, what else? Like that, we we'll definitely see when Saru like has to take over for Lorca yeah. that all this stuff really helped him, which yeah. is good. This is yeah. This is, leads him to be God such a likable character. When yeah. his whole like taking over once they know that Lorca is a uh, traitor and just he takes he really sort of nuts up and takes over the ship and yeah. he's great. And I was worried like first of all that that would be terrible, but now it's like. They're sending you a new captain, and it's like, why? This guy yeah. proved himself. Keep him. No, I would love to see more. I would love to see as the series goes forward, Saru just Captain Saru, the captain. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but it- there's no way because the you, everyone knows that they're so anti-alien. Yeah, we don't get a lot of alien captains. You're right no, about that because because humans are horrible. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We get some Vulcans. That's the closest you get. You don't get any like it's really off. It's basically a human a lot with pointy the, ears. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah a, a lot of the stuff I've seen with Vulcan captains is we get all Vulcan ships. Too. Yeah. Like that was the thing on DS9. Yeah. That was the thing on the original series. Yeah. There was a, a ship of entirely Vulcans that blew up and Spock was able to like Obi-Wan sense oh, that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So in but, the in the past of the future and in the future and in every iteration of Star Trek so far, they're just pretty xenophobic. With, I can't with, whether they think mean of a to ton of not. examples. I can't think of a ton of examples of captains that are anything but humans or occasionally Vulcans. Yeah. There must be examples, but I can't think of any. Mm, I not from certainly not from the TV show. The books probably, but Yeah, no uh, no no no, canon. Yeah. There must be some that we're not just immediately thinking of and people often write in with this stuff. Yeah, and please, please do. This is the kind of thing I would like to Yeah. But I that's an interesting interest to see the the in inherent like just the built-in racism in Starfleet is a very interesting thing to look at. Yeah. And to me, I think from a t- like stepping outside the world of the show, mm-hmm. I think the sh- TV-wise, they always want you to have a human you can relate to of in course, charge. Yeah. But like the whole point of the show mm-hmm. is embracing different viewpoints, infinite diversity, all that stuff. Yeah. Like it's it's not just a medallion you can buy on Roddenberry.com anymore. No. It's, it's also a concept. <laughs> like. What if the captain was an alien? Would that be so bad? We know this guy. We mm-hmm. like this guy. Also, the main character is still Michael. So yeah. who cares? Ah. Yeah. I, those, some of the things about the way this show is run really bug me. Mm-hmm. But maybe that will change. We yeah, will see. Hopefully. Yeah. We head into season two. Yeah. Uh, any other spoilery points, Tidro? Oh, you you did not like it when Stamets called Tilly captain. And I did like it. I don't like future prophecy magic bullshit. But it's not no. a prophecy. It's just a con- it, because the past and the future aren't really they're they're not in a line. They're a, because they're not time a line, and space and mind are the same yes, thing, exactly. man. Yeah. Okay. Shut up, <laughs> the traveler. <laughs> Ouch. 
<laughs> wow, this is your friend we're talking no, to. No, I'm not talking to Tidro. I'm saying Stamets <laughs> is being very the traveler right now. You're going to go up here to Wesley Crusher and tell him he has a special destiny? I hope not. I don't oh, want to see that. No. Yeah, don't be creepy. But Wesley. No, I just, I don't, I I liked that kind of thing in like Buffy. Mm-hmm. I don't love it in a sci-fi it's show. It's a sci-fi all. thing, or it's a, it's a fantasy It's a thing, more of a fantasy thing. thing, yeah. Like, like uh, Battlestar Galactica did it too, and I didn't like it there either. Yeah, that was. Dude, yeah. their they would... ship travels by mushroom. I know. I do, I'm just willing to hand wave that, it's but a the weird, it, it, it's a it's a weird place to draw the line. But it's here we that, are. It's, <laughs> this is my line. You guys can draw the line wherever you like. I'm 50 percent of this show, though, and that's my line. Mm-hmm. Matt, Matt, do you care? Not really. Okay. I don't so, either. But yeah. Well, I know you just wanna... what, whatever. It's it's certainly not the worst time we've ever heard something from the future. No, mostly it just Daniels. Mostly it just makes me roll my eyes and not want it. But I don't care that you much. Cord wrapped turd burger. All right, Daniels. It's seriously just like floating Mm. away. I don't remember anything anymore. All right. I think that is about all, unless you guys can think of any other things we need to address. I was a little, spoiler wise, I was a little disappointed. I thought the end of this episode ended with the cliffhanger where we're in the mirror universe. Mm. We got a whole other episode of getting there where it's just going to be boring Klingon. Yeah, we got to do, we got to finish off the Klingon crap before Uh, we head into the mirror universe. Finish off, if only. No, they go to the mirror universe. First chunk of the mirror universe. And then they come back for more. Ugh. Enough. All right. (laughs) Tidro, why don't you plug the things that you do? They are delightful things, and you should tell the people. Thank you. Um, So I make soap, a lot of pop culture related soap, including Star Trek soap, but also like, I don't know, Scott Pilgrim soap or Mm -hmm. Twin Peaks soap. Mm -hmm. And I also make uh, devil horns and. Custom. Well, that's your that's your that's your real bread and butter going into Halloween season, oh, right? Yeah. Is like I, a lot yeah, of costume type stuff. So many for cosplay, it's great. Nice, um, yeah. I also I had once I once made a pair of Andorian antenna for someone. So very oh, cool. cool. I can do those on custom too as well. I did not know that uh, actually. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so uh, I just make a, a custom things you can wash your body with or wear on your head basically. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's can, a very, very specific niche, but mm-hmm. you do it well. I Thank you. Um, so that's bunnybubbles.com or bunnybubbles.etsy.com. All right. Well, as always, it is a delight to have you on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, we will talk to you again next season. Uh, thank you. Crap. I am not in my home studio. I have a nice little reminder of all the things I say at the end of the show. Let's see if I can remember the website. Like and post subscribe. Dot com. Yeah, I don't care Post-time about that. Tumblr.com. Yes. You uh, can contact us at, uh, at Algar, that's two A's, or at Robot Matt. Yeah, that's on Twitter. Uh, we have oh, an wait, email address, Tomacore, at Gmail. Yes, yes absolutely. I don't think I've ever said it. It's at Tidro. Find me at, yes. at Tidro. Absolutely. I thought you had a locked account and didn't love a lot of stranger attention, but if no, you I'm do, good. that is fantastic. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, and uh, write to us, Tomacore, at Gmail. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, we will feature a guest that has never been on the show before. Hmm. Someone we met at our big uh, first episode of Discovery Celebration, who um, I guess is a fan of the podcast, which is very strange, but a big fan of Discovery Mm -hmm. and has some really interesting things to say about it. So we're excited about that. Always excited to hear from new people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's all for now. Yeah, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.